Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and today we're going into the dungeon with one of the coolest doms in a world full of cool doms. Hi, I'm Mistress Colette Prevet, and I'm an educatrix, the creatrix of Mistress Class, and I teach women and femmes to come into their power. Mistress class sounds awesome. I am honestly thinking of taking the class myself in the future. So we are definitely going to talk more about that. Some of the tools of the trade, how to screen clients and stay safe and all things professional domination. But first, we're going to back up and talk about how Mistress Colette got her start as a dominatrix. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you because I have had kind of a long time fantasy of being a dom for work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I think for me, it's like about the money. I don't know. Yeah. That's how I started. The money's good. <laughs> the money is good. And I also was intrigued by it as well. Even yeah. I had no experience, but I, I, yeah, I was a, you know, a poor grad student when I first started and I was like, I want to good side job that's easy and flexible. And so that's how I started. I love that. So I th think I heard you, it wasn't like, you know, you had experienced all this stuff necessarily in your personal life. You got in through the professional way. Is that right? And that kind of led you to discover all this, you know, kick yeah. stuff that came along with the job. Exactly. I had only fantasies in my mind and I was more of a sub. So I, I'm a switch, I realized. And at the time before I was a dom, I just had more fantasies of being submissive. Mm -hmm. Or I guess I sometimes had fantasies of like others in submissive situations, but never like me topping someone that was never in my like fantasy. And I learned everything through learning how to be a professional dom. I had no experience. Explain how you, you first got in and what was your gateway into becoming a pro? Well, it's funny that you worded it just like that. The gateway to becoming a pro was working at a place called The Gates. Oh. And it, yeah, it's a commercial dungeon in the Bay Area and it's a pretty well-known one around here. And I got started because my friend who, my friend from undergrad, we and me and her both moved up to the Bay from UCLA at the same time. And she started working at the gates. And one day when she was like taking me out to lunch, or actually we were just meeting up for lunch and she told me she started working at the gates. And I was like, so what did you do? And she's like, well, the other day I tied a guy up. I put some 
clothes pins on his nipples. I put a strap on on, fucked him in the ass. Then I pissed on him. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. That's your typical day at the office. That's such a crazy story to tell. And I was like, I want stories like that. And then she's like, oh, let me get our soup today. And then she like pulls out her $100 bill. And she's like, oh, you know, we get paid in cash. And so I have to break these hundreds at random places all the time. And I was like, I know, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, I want problems like that. I want stories like that. All right, I'm going in and went in for an interview and, and kind of lied about having some experience in my personal life just to make it a little bit more easeful to join. And so, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. How did you educate yourself to get started? You know, did you have any awkward first sessions or right away did you pick it right up? Um, so there was no training at the gates. It's just, you just ask other mistresses who are working if you could shadow their sessions. So you oh. just learn by shadowing sessions and you are motivated to uh, start taking sessions because you want to not just like sit around and watch a bunch of like shadow sessions and not make any money. And so I just like after two weeks of shadowing sessions, I was like, okay, I'm just going to dive in and you, you learn as you go. And so say my first session, I internally, I was definitely feeling all the things like, oh my God, am I doing this right? What am I going to do next? But I think I pulled it off pretty well because I didn't tell the client until the very end that that was my first session. He was like, oh, wow. He, he said, you could have fooled me. So I was like, oh, okay. well, I guess I, I guess I did. But, nice. And so, yeah, you just learn as you go. And, or at least that's how it was for me. And I think that was, yeah, something that really motivated me to want to like create something like mistress class, a place where you could actually learn about becoming a dominatrix or professional dominatrix and learn about the skills, the techniques, the marketing, the branding, but it's really also, I learned so much in my own personal growth and expansion through becoming a dom. And so my class is also a mirror of that as well. It's about coming into your power, like your personal power. Nice. Well, we're definitely going to talk more about that. You have a PhD in education, I read, and um, your area of research was misconceptions and conceptual change. I would love to know what that means exactly. And then if that informs your work in any way. Yeah. So at the time when I started at grad school, I definitely kept the two worlds very separate because I, it was academia and I actually worked with children as well. And so it just oh. felt like a good idea to keep yeah. it super separate. <laughs> and so my specialization was in misconceptions and that means it's kind of based on this like constructivist idea that you just don't you don't learn new theories and concepts just by like filling in your mind like it's just like oh that's a concept cool i'll take that it's actually you learn by having to dispel the misconceptions that you already have and so for example if you tell like a three-year-old that the earth is round, they're confused because they're like, wait, but the earth I walk on is actually flat. And so they have a theory, a naive theory or preconception about how the world is. And so you actually have to do some work to dispel that misconception before they can adopt a new theory or concept. And so that's what I look at. I look at people's misconceptions to help them overcome them so that they could actually 
grasp a new concept and experience conceptual change. And so my research was on like evolution, the misconceptions that people have about evolution. It seems though, kind of in a way, like related a little bit to kink. Do you feel that way? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. At the time I didn't see it, but it wasn't until after I was like, outed by my sister to my mom about my work as a dom. I hid it from my mom and folks for like 10 years. And they had so many misconceptions about my work. They thought I was going to get hurt or I was going to hurt someone. I was, you know, they had ideas that I was crazy. The people I was seeing was crazy, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I realized that, wow, there's like so many misconceptions about kink, sex work, alternative sexuality that I'm beginning to see that it's actually my work to dispel those misconceptions. And a big part of it is being out and more vocal about it. And and so I, I didn't see it at the time, but now it's like, oh, whoa, it's so perfect that everything that I do and who I am is like a giant misconception. And it's a good thing I got a PhD in it so that I could <laughs> dispel it. <laughs> Did your family come around? They did. Eventually, it was really, really hard for them and they really wanted me to quit. But I think just through sharing with them my own experience, how I see it, and also now that I'm kind of applying my PhD through Uh teaching, I feel like it's more acceptable. And yeah, I think they're actually proud of me and what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, I got to apply the PhD. So it's good. (laughs) So you mentioned that you thought of yourself as more submissive when you started. And I had that experience too, where when I was younger, I was like, definitely felt more aligned with that. And I oddly was in another interview with a Shibari expert, and she had the same experience where she felt like, you know, more into being tied when she was younger. And then there was an evolution. And, you know, now she's the tire, you know, and like, I feel like I've become more dominant in ways, even sexually, as I've gotten older. I'm curious if you notice that a lot in your line of work, and if that's your experience as well. Yeah, I think that that's pretty common. There's a good mix of doms who are definitely just pure (laughs) doms and don't have a submissive bone in their body, but then there are also doms who are switches. And I, you know, when I worked at the gates, the headmistress said that it's actually a good thing that I have that because then I know exactly what the experience is for a sub. And I think that does help with heightening the empathy for the sub and knowing exactly how to get into their head, knowing exactly what words and what sensations will really dial them in because you've already had those moments, experiences, and fantasies spinning in your own mind. So I feel like I really know how to get into someone's head because I've been living in it so much ever since I was young. Yeah. And now I think I heard you say in my research that you tend toward dominant now just in your own life. Is that true? And do you think there's anything to this age theory about like... Oh, interesting. I think, um, yeah, maybe as we grow older, we become more curious about it because it just feels like we don't get to have that experience as much in our everyday life to really just, you know, and I, I think that there's something really exciting, liberating and expansive about stepping into the role of a dom. And I think that if you never got to like 
get to experience that, your curiosity for it will grow. And I think that it's also probably where we are right now in our culture. I think that's becoming more normalized. I think it's becoming more fashionable. So people are becoming more curious about it. Mm-hmm. And there is just this really sexy allure to the Dom. You're like, hmm, outfits do look fun. Yeah. And wow, okay. <laughs> A houseboy cleaning my toilet. All right. Like, that doesn't <laughs> sound bad. And so I think it does pique this curiosity. And the more that you think about it, you're like, I, you just feel like you have to explore it. And I, and I think that is one of the most like, one of the best like curiosities to scratch for any woman or femme to explore their dominant side because it will, it will change your life. You will like, you're, it's like you get to like enter this whole new matrix and you're like, what? This exists? Oh my God. Amazing. Hey bigs and subs and simps. It's like, it's so wonderful. And they just want to please you. And I just think it's like the greatest hack that only exists for women and femmes out there. Yeah, it should be the natural order of things, really. It is, yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You're like, oh, this is the world I want to live in. And yeah. you're creating it every time you you play in that way. I love that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, privates. Boo, boo, privates with penises. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure, and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 
to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10 and it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. So describe kind of a session. I mean, it's sexy, it's sex related, but I don't think typically there's sex like penetrative sex involved. And so what kind of activities are you doing and what does it look like? Yeah. No, I think a lot of people do think uh, like one of the misconceptions that people outside of the scene have is that there is sex involved in kink, at least when seeing a prodom, but there actually isn't. It's almost like you're exploring all the other flavors of ice cream out there other than vanilla. But there, the only type of penetrative sex that does exist is like the dom putting the strap on on and mm-hmm. and fucking her sob orally anally possibly mm-hmm. and then the other part that feels very sexual or is that the sub with the dom's permission can self-release at the end but everything outside of that is just like you're exploring what gets you off and so it's really exploring all the fantasies that that a sub may have and having that negotiation with the dom first of like, how are we going to navigate this? What's like the sandbox? What does it look like? And so before a session begins, there's always the negotiation of mm-hmm. one's desires, boundaries, experiences, heart limits, medical limitations, safe word, all of that. Then once you get that down, then you get to, for the dom, you get to create this, orchestrate this whole experience that is pushing the sub to experience the heights of their fantasies being realized. And then the depths of, if they choose submission, degradation, humiliation, all of that, pushing them to their edges and really playing with, like for me, it's like this tease. It's the back and forth of like the pleasure, the pain, like really knowing exactly what excites them when what really just like drives them crazy and playing with that tension. And so I I think that there's so much in the space in between. So it's not just like consistent pain administration from beginning to end because there's nothing exciting and erotic about that. And so it's really about creating this beautiful arc that keeps on unfolding and like reaches the crescendo and really playing with their desires and teasing it. And the more excited they are, the more they can take. And so there could be bondage. There could be, you know, CBT, cock and ball torture, nipple torture really depends on the subs like desires and fetishes. Like for instance, I have a session later today and my sub is really into exploring his edges before I wouldn't call him a masochist, but now he is. And like, he's into knife play. He's into sounding, which is putting the urethral sounds in your um, pee hole. And he loves the sensations of stretching, stretching all of his holes, his mouth, his ass, his, his cock, and just being this toy that's like malleable and stretchable. And for him, it excites him to see that I am playing with him until I, it's like, he's my toy. I'm just going to play with you as hard as I want until I break you and put you back together. Oh, so my, my friends are very involved in the kink scene and do some performances at parties and stuff. And they have this, 
case this kink case and it's wild the shit that's in there it's like electrocution stuff and like whatever like what's in your toolbox like do you have a Mm. yeah explain this this stuff the tools of the trade (laughs) well okay well i have a whole dungeon and so there's like a dungeon full of equipment and like all the stuff but then i do also have my own personal toolbox and toy box that's kind of like a very fancy you know like makeup artist like train box or it's and so in that toolbox there's a whole section to it dedicated to electroplay so the the e-stem unit aerostech and all the different attachments for that and then there's the violet wand i have two types of violet wand so i got i'm really into electroplay and then there's I don't know. There's just so like all the different types of like nipple clamps, but the really mean ones beyond like clover clamps, they're just like gem claws that they just really digs in. But I think like the basic box, like if anyone wants to start is got to have, um, no, here, here it is. Like I just have some random toys here, but like Oh, cat of it. nine tails. Like this is my favorite go-to cat. It's very simple. It's not even one of my fancy ones, but what is it's that flat called? Bur- a cat of nine tails. Oh, and so it has nine tails. It's flat braided. With this sort of tip to it. It's but this is pretty. my go-to. This is my go-to flogger because it's nice and light, and so I can really like swing it and then strike really easily with it. So that's like a good, nice flogger cat of nine tails that you could wield is um, important. And then I got like a cane that my sub made for me. And then I would say blindfold, something that's bondage related. So it could be rope, hemp rope, or handcuffs, something to tie your partner up. And then gag is always a nice standard uh, toy to have. I'd say that's kind of it. It's whatever you like pick up and you're like really excited about. You're like, oh, that's cool. I really mm-hmm. want to explore playing with that. And so I think some doms have like their thing is like bull whips and they like collect all the bull whips. They love like whipping their toys. And then for, I think for me, it's just I like the, the full variety of things. And so electro play, impact play, all that good stuff. I know. I'm going to have my friends zap me sometime. I'm like, I, I got, just got to feel what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, you can even get started with something like, um, you know, electric fly swatter, like that oh. on your nipples, like see how, how you can take that. And it surprisingly feels really nice. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And then she also has this like tape, which seems so simple that she uses mm-hmm. as a restraint, my friend. Yeah. And I mean, that just seems like such a simple way to get started because it's like not that threatening. Mm-hmm. Yes. The bondage tape. Yeah. It's really nice. It's like, and then you could even wrap it around your mouth too. And it doesn't get like, it's not like duct tape where it sticks to the skin. And so that's a really great way to get into bondage. It's super, yeah, yeah. super gentle. So, you know, you are wearing a veil and your branding is like anonymous. And I'm curious about, cause you've been doing this for 19 years. Mm-hmm. It was totally different the way that we talked yeah. about it 19 years ago. Yes. So I'm curious, like if that was the big part of landing on that and how you've noticed the culture evolve and like, if that's changed the way that you approach your work, 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah, when I first started in 2005, um, BDSM was still very underground and it wasn't as, um, yeah, prevalent in media and fashion. And so every dom still has to make this choice of whether you're going to reveal yourself, put your face out there or not. And um, I chose at the time because I was in academia and my family's like super conservative Asians. And so I decided to not show my face and be anonymous. And then as time went on, people are more open to it. And I see a lot of doms starting out fully revealing themselves. And I think that's so great. But then I think what I, why I continue to stay veiled is that it, I was actually gifted this veil many years ago. And when I put it on, I was like, oh, wow, I love the way this looks. Uh And it's gorgeous. And now, now it's just become like part of my, like my, um, character persona. Yeah. Yeah. Part of my character. And I, I think that maybe at some point in the future, I will play with the reveal and really enjoy it and relish it. But for now, I'm still enjoying the anonymity of it. I like that it's only for those who meet me face to face will you get to see my face. And so it's a privilege for my subs to kind of jump through the hoops of landing in my dungeon and playing with me and seeing me. Also, I I could go anywhere out in the streets in the world and nobody knows who I am. And I just love that kind of superhero, superheroine kind of vibe where it's like, uh-huh. you have no idea. And so I think I am enjoying that mysteriousness of, of the veil and still playing with it. And I like that I can like be very open, put myself out there, share so much of myself. And yet you still don't get to see my face until we meet face to face. I love that. I totally get it. And I mean, part of it seems maybe safety related too. Was that a concern for you when you started? And how did Mm -hmm. you try to keep yourself safe? Yeah, it was definitely safety related and also just kind of protecting my family who, you know, even though my folks are more accepting of it now, they don't want any of my relatives to know about what I do still. And so in a way, I think I'm also making them feel safe about this. And, and I think that things feel safer now to be out and to reveal yourself. But I just enjoy that this is another layer of, of just protection. Uh Were there other things that you did safety wise to, I mean, I'm sure the dungeon has some protections in place, but how do you make sure your clients don't get too overly attached or I don't know, there's not creepiness afterwards? Um, I mean, the subs do get attached, but I think what is really important for every pro dom or dom in general is to, to vet their subs before they see them and to um, be very thorough in that process. And that that could be asking for the the client to provide at least two references of other doms that they've seen. And then you check those references or if they never played with anyone before, then they have to send their LinkedIn profile or their driver's license and really make sure that they have a sense of who they're playing with, or they could set up a phone call and have a chat with them or have a coffee meetup. And I could tell a lot about someone's sincerity through their voice. And so for me, I vet through references and through calls. And I can just tell if someone is being earnest and sincere in their desire to want to submit to me. And it usually works out your gut instincts. Yeah. 
And, you know, subs being attached, that's kind of like part of the nature of the work. And you just have to learn as a dom to be really good with your boundaries. And that's something that I had to learn too, is a reforming people pleaser. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how does this very strong professional identity translate to your personal sex life? Like, has it crept in more than you initially thought it would. And yeah, I'm just curious how that goes down. I feel like if anything, I like might actually keep it even more separate or something because it's so much like what I do with work Uh that like now when I'm like in my own space with my partner, I'm just like, I just want to like not be in my role as a dom. I'm just like, a completely different character and person actually oh, yeah funny. and it's it's a way to counterbalance all of the having to be dominant and sexy i'm just like i just want to be tiny. a nerd yeah yeah a <laughs> tiny nerd yeah <laughs> So I interviewed Amy Chan and she oh, said yeah. she had a dom as part of the breakup boot camp. And mm-hmm. then I found out, I think you're the dom that does yeah. the breakup boot camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How does, you know, your perspective as a dom help heal the heartbroken? Yeah, that's actually how I started teaching. It was Amy Chan inviting oh, really? me to teach at breakup boot camp. I was like, okay. I just knew that I had to say yes to it, but I didn't really know what I was going to teach. And I also had like some anxiety about speaking in front of people. And so I had to learn really quickly to work with the coach to overcome all of that. And then I realized, oh my God, I love teaching. And so how I think learning from a dom can heal or hack your heart is that it's about learning how to come into your power. And I think that the work of a dom, what makes her work so alchemical is that she knows how to transmute pain into uh-huh. pleasure uh-huh. and power. And so I teach a lot of the participants at Breakup Bootcamp how to work with that pain and how it's actually really good that they're going through something that is shaking them up in their whole world and reality. And it's actually bringing them closer to their own truth, their own shadows that they need to work on, explore, examine, express. And so I, I share with them all the aspects of BDSM, bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism. So I show them what it kind of looks like inside the dungeon, which is super edgy and exciting for a lot of them. And then I show them what it looks like outside of the dungeon. So I think that BDSM is actually a highly densely symbolic art and practice of making the unconscious conscious. And so I show them what does bondage look like inside the dungeon, but what is bondage really outside of the dungeon? What What is this a metaphor for? Mm. And they begin to see, they're like, oh shit, I guess I do have my like figurative blindfold and gag and short leash and collar and golden oh, yeah. handcuffs. And once they become aware of the, the bondages that they put on themselves or have been conditioned to put on, and then they could begin to see, it's like, wait, I actually have a choice, just like a sub would in a scene, to say my safe word and come out of this bondage. But for the longest time, they never saw that bondage that they were ever in. And so they begin to do the work of seeing their bondage and doing the discipline work of figuring their way out of bondage. I love that metaphor. That's so good. 
I have one more question before, and then I want you yeah. to tell us all about Mistress Class, of course. But you call yourself a shamanatrix, which I've never heard before. But how does plant medicine, how is that involved with what you do? And what does that mean to you? Well, yeah, I've been exploring plant medicine for quite some time now, I think about a decade. And I think I talk about it a lot. I used to kind of write about my experiences. And so my subs who kind of followed my writing were just like, whoa, I'm very curious about, you know, uh, psychedelics and mushrooms. And so, so a lot of them haven't had that experience. So I curate these journeys that are outside of my dungeon, actually here in my home. And they are journeys that take them to their edges through plant medicine. And I work mostly with mushrooms. It's legalized here in the East Bay. And so a lot of them have never had that experience. And so I'm their guide through that and their facilitator. And so it, I don't really play too much with like kink and psychedelics. I keep it separate. And so for them, it's just another way to explore their edges and explore their, their psyche which is, you know, similar to kink in some ways you're exploring your psyche, but this here, we are actually working with medicine. So when you say explore the edges in this context, are you talking about like their fears or their, what does that look like exploring the edges when in this psychedelic journey? Yeah, I think like, well, even just like the word psychedelic is about, you know, the explorations of your psyches. So I think they never got to experience a shift in reality and perception. Ah. And just even that is like a whole new edge. It's a whole new world. And being able to have these new perception sensations. And, you know, sometimes they do see their shadows or sometimes they do just have a different experience of of what reality is. And so it's the edges in that way. It's still the same concept of exploring the unknown as you would in a kink scene. But here we're working with plant medicine to explore that. And they get to do it with someone that they feel very safe with already from. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I love it. It just feels like doing what I love to do already, which is like going on trips. <laughs> You've done such a good job of like finding a way to incorporate all these different things that you like into your career. It's very cool. Um, yeah. So explain mistress class. i was very tempted to sign up the first time I saw it. You still might see me <laughs> enroll at some point. I love to have you. Yeah, so Mistress Class is an online class teaching and mentoring women to become dominatrices. And it's for those who are just curious about kink, have no experience, those who feel like they want to become professional doms. Because what I teach in the class is all the steps that it takes, all the steps that I took to become a pro-dom. And all the steps I took to becoming a pro-dom was also all the steps I took to learning about kink, femdom, and coming into my power. And so it's a course that um, does teach you all the technical, tactical, practical things of becoming a dom. But it's actually um, kind of my little trick where it's like, oh, it's so sexy and edgy and alluring. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm actually doing some deep inner work as well. So it's a, a class of inner and outer transformation. And a lot of the mistresses that come through it feel like they have experienced something that is uh, way more than just becoming a dominatrix or a professional dominatrix. They're learning about themselves. They're learning about how to connect and relate to another. They get to connect with my devoted subs and play with them. And so they have access to them. And as I always say, 
what makes you like really activate that dom, that inner dom is the dom comes out when the sub shows up. And so if you never had an exposure with a sub before, you'll never get to experience what it feels like to channel your inner dom because you need that dynamic for it to actually happen. And so for many of the doms, they get this experience of like, wow, they get to play with a seasoned veteran sub, someone who's done this so much and is actually a dom whisperer and brings the dom out of them. Like the subs that I have them connect with are the subs who really made me me as a dom, who really brought out my inner dom and shaped my journey. And so it's amazing to see so many of the transformations throughout the class. And it's also just one of the most like incredible magic tricks where I'm like, I created this offering and all of a sudden like the most badass, powerful, magical, witchy femmes have found this class. And it's such an incredible, brilliant community. And we're all supporting each other into coming into our power. And then we, then I throw a big graduation party in my house here. And it's just such a magical night where we get to celebrate our graduation and also get dressed up as our dom selves and the only men here are my subs in french maid outfits serving as tea and lending their bodies to be played with and yeah it's a really incredible experience for myself as a teacher and for many of the mistresses who've who've been on that journey. Yeah, it sounds awesome, kind of regardless of the outcome, but have you stayed in touch with any students that went on to start a mm-hmm. DOM practice? Yes, I am. Um, yeah, I like to stay connected to all of my mistresses and students, and I actually invite the alumni to become big sister mistresses in our next class. So I always send that invitation out if you want to continue the journey, but in a different way, in a different role as a big sister. And so we always keep on connecting. And there's also a discord that we all connect in and that stays open for us to continue the dialogue and the conversations and supporting each other. And it's been amazing to see so many of the mistresses have taken off in their career, have really, really just like ran with it. And then there are others who just like their lives have shifted because they've just like, oh my God, I didn't know that it could be this way. And yeah, it's the best part about the class, just seeing all the changes. And so I love staying connected to see that. Awesome. Well, like I said, I, you might see me there and hopefully some other Yay. privates are interested too. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been awesome and I feel like I learned a ton. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun to just go deep with you. Thanks again to Mistress Colette. This conversation was such a blast. If you want to learn how to become a dominatrix or just fully step into your power, signups for Mistress Class are open for a few more days. There is a link in the description. I am currently trying to finish writing a book at the moment, but I really want to take the class next time it's offered. So maybe I'll see you there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Private Parts Unknown. Stay tuned right here because I have got another sexy episode coming your way next week. For the latest episodes, look down and make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player now. Usually it's like a follow or a subscribe button. On Spotify, there's like a bell button. And to stay in touch between episodes, follow me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And follow the 
show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. And hey, baby, I am shamelessly trying to hit the top 1% on OnlyFans always and forever. I love when privates come on over and check out my OnlyFans. So if you are interested in a Playboy-style peek behind the podcast, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans account. It is OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. Again, OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. And it is a very horny and fun way to support the show. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at privatepartsunknown.substack.com. There is a link in the episode description for that. And the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel is up and running. There are new videos with Gigi Engel, Dr. Amir Marashi, Multi Amory, Lola Jean, Samaya Burton, and soon Mistress Colette. So check that out. It is youtube.com slash private parts unknown again youtube.com slash private parts unknown and make sure you subscribe it really helps us out in the algorithm shout out to amy roush for the bomb ass theme music for more info about amy and her music check out amyroush.com that is amy r-a-a-s-c-h.com this episode was mixed by my ride-or-die audio guy, Michael Castaneda of Plastic Audio. And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com private and give us a five-star rating and review. I am thrilled to say we got a new review on Apple Podcasts. Mr. Earwig says, a good podcast. It's an entertaining and informative show. It makes my workday go by so much faster. One of my favorite podcasts. Also, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Mr. Earwig. Yes, I did just have a birthday. So make sure you check out the Roxanne Darling episode for the birthday special. And thank you so much for that awesome birthday gift. If you want to give a belated birthday gift, we are trying to hit some rating and review goals. We are trying to get to 300 ratings on Apple Podcasts. We are currently at 275. And we are trying to get to 125 ratings on Spotify. And we are currently at 120. But you can help us hit those goals. These ratings help other people find the show. They're really good social proof. It helps with guest booking and it makes us feel so good. So again, it's ratethispodcast.com slash private. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can just go to the upper left-hand corner of our page, click the star button, and then click all five stars. And there's a new way you can support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on a V4V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending a boostagram. Recently, we got some sats from Dr. Chuckles. So thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates.